Well, good afternoon, friends. I hope that you've had a great lunchtime today, and I hope that uh, you're ready to settle in for some more discipleship as we have our podcast here at St. Andrew's Community Church. We promise not to bore you with the food coma that people are probably experiencing after lunch, settling down in a comfortable chair to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm D.A. Bennett, lead pastor here at St. Andrew's, and with me today are two fine associates i'll let y'all introduce yourselves josh coates with my luke skywalker bobblehead this week and and why are we having luke well you know i was trying to decide this week what am i going to bring with me and i was excited last week i brought nacho libre because i had just bought nacho, nacho libre. libre so he was my my yeah, latest stretchy pants so i was on. trying to decide uh as i bring a different bobblehead every week which one i was going to bring this week and because we're talking about the sun the sun and the apostles creed I thought uh, Luke Skywalker is uh, a fitting uh, bobblehead for today. Absolutely. Who son. are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bonnie Coates. I don't have a bobblehead, but I do have a ginger ale. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not as and, fun. Right. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave you guessing what I am drinking, but I can assure you it is not Skywalker juice nor a cold drink. It is hot. Uh, we are in a series right now called Remain Grounded. And when we think about grounding in our faith, we're talking about what is our faith rooted in? Not who, it would be the sun, mm-hmm. uh, but the idea that our faith is grounded in Christian tradition, comes out of scripture, handed down through uh, other generations to us. And the Apostles' Creed is one of the earliest foundational statements that becomes a summary of the Christian faith. And so last week we did with, uh, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And today we're just going to deal with the first part of the next uh, section. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And um, one of the things that I, I repeatedly say, so broken record, those of you who are listening probably heard me say this before, is we looked at the scripture in Matthew 16 after Jesus has uh, sent the disciples out on their first mission experience. They come back. They're probably excited to tell Jesus, wow, Jesus, this is what happened. Well, you know, Jesus does this whole feeding of the 5,000 miracle. No, they you know, do. 5,000 men, their women, their kids. Uh, and then he finally sits down, and it's, who do the crowd say that I am? And to me, uh, he's leading them up to the most important question that's ever answered, and that is, who is Jesus? Yeah, and I think we see that reflected in the creed. Um, you know, we, we've talked about there's 12 segments of the creed that we're going to be looking at right. over a 12-week period, and that's how the, bro- the book that we're reading together as a church is broke down into 12 chapters. And last week I misspoke. I said half of the statements, the segments that we're looking at, it's actually seven. Seven of the 12 okay. are directly connected to who Jesus is. So the creed clearly reflects just how important Jesus is and having a proper understanding of who he is in our faith. You know, I was thinking last week, I thought, is, is it really 6 of 12 or is it 6 of 13? I, you know, I couldn't figure it out, but I right. hadn't counted. I hadn't looked at the book. But uh, when we talk about Jesus and the question then becomes, why so much emphasis on him? Is it so we can answer the most important question? I really don't think that's it. Uh I think one of the descriptions that I heard years ago, um, day spring camp, 1983, first year I went, I just graduated from college, went to day spring camp. It was one of the things that kept me uh, feeling like the witness of the Methodist church was a, a strong witness. Uh, you went as a camper 
when you were in high school? Not 1983. No, but... not 19... okay. Thanks for clarifying that. I 1994 that. was my first uh, year <laughs> and as a I was camper there. as a I freshman. I was dean that year. Yeah, so. I was a freshman. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that is one of the the pillars of Dayspring is yeah. Jesus and sharing our testimonies and right. the impact that Jesus has had on our life. So, Bonnie, did you ever go to Dayspring as a camper? I did. I think I went. I know I went Dayspring two thousand. Um, I was dean then too. That's I, I the infamous that. one at OU. OU. The yeah. one at OU. Josh loves to talk about how terrible it was. I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of that year's day spring. Well, there were some great aspects of it. it. I thought it was awesome. I, I'm pretty sure that was my first year at day spring. Um, but then the next year I did go to Egan. So, well, yeah. here, and, and I was, no, I preached at South that year. Uh, here's why I asked that question. I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but uh, Daryl Cates, you know, retired pastor now, was somebody who helped write things that said, here's what the mission of Dayspring is. Mm -hmm. And in that mission statement, I probably still have a copy somewhere. It says that Jesus is the best and fullest revelation, revelation yeah. of who Jesus is, or who God is or of who. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who God is. Sorry. Because that's yeah. who Jesus is. And this is really the part of the apostles creed. This is why we look at this and say, it's important that we spend time on answering this question, who is Jesus? Yeah. Because when we think of God, God is not the invisible, bearded old man sitting in the clouds, but became flesh and blood. We're going to get to that in a little bit and, right. and dwelt among us. So the question, who is Jesus? In, in the sermon, I really try to look at uh, different ways people have said that. One is the first question, who do the crowds say that? I am, which mm -hmm. they, you're not anybody new. You're just reincarnated. And if we ask people today, if we ask the crowd today, who is Jesus? Well, there's going to be some different answers. Some people, obviously, if they're followers of Jesus, would say, well, you know, he's my Savior. He's my Lord. Other people say, oh, you know, he's a first century homeless guy. I mean, there's all kinds of answers well, and, people and would give. Part of the reason, too, why the question's so important and why it's such an integral piece of the creed, you know, seven of the 12 segments there is because historically that's where a lot of the confusion has been. That's where a lot yeah. of the debates have been. A lot of the heresies have been and with regards to who Jesus is. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, those that, that put this creed together, uh, initially it's to protect the faith. Here are the things the apostles believe. Here are the things that are essential to our faith that we think is important to include. And so nothing is in the creed by accident. It's all very specifically put there. Um, and, and so, you know, they're answering some pretty big questions and addressing some pretty big things about who Jesus is, uh, as we'll look at over the next seven weeks, uh, dealing with these seven right. segments of the creed. Right. And, and the thing about the answer from the crowd, the, the answers from the crowd are unreliable. Because if you just are surfing popular opinion, that changes. Right. Uh, and so one of the questions then is, well, who did Jesus say he was? And the Gospel of John is the best at that. That's the, what is it, seven? Seven I am statements. Yeah, the seven miracles. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's all kinds. Of, I mean, that that was part of the reason I chose when we were trying to figure out what we were going to read through as a congregation during Back in Lent, Lent yeah. last year was, I love the Gospel of John because of that very thing. It, it literally, story after story after story of those believing in who Jesus says he yeah. is and those who didn't. And it, I mean, the whole gospel is full of that. Right. And his, again, self-revelation. This is who God is. Right. Uh, from there, then we looked at, well, what does other scripture 
say about Jesus. And again, that's where we get our understanding. You know, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, uh, the the resurrected Lord of glory. I mean, all those things. But the the place that, um, since we have to answer the question, what is our testimony about who Jesus is? Now, again, that's not going to carry the authority of Scripture, but right. anyway, and it doesn't even have the authority of tradition, but sometimes that's what people want to know. Who do you say Jesus is? And so I, that's that's why I just love that Scripture. Of course, we also dealt with the reality of being the only begotten Son. Yeah, All of us are children of God. Yes, yeah. You know, right. so... What makes Jesus different? Begotten. Right. Not made. That doesn't come out in the Apostles' Creed. That's actually another creed of the church, part of the tradition, the Council of Nicaea. I don't know what years that was. It's been a long time ago. Yeah. Was... No, I wasn't invited. Uh, but... <laughs> but you were around, right? 1983, right? <laughs> yeah. Woo! Might as well have been. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but um, Council of Nicaea, there was question, is Jesus really just human or is he really just God? And they said, no, he, he is the son of God. He's begotten. He was in with God in the creation. He's not made. Yeah. True God. From true God, I, yeah, I the, yeah. That. I mean, you see throughout Scripture, um, and one of the things I'll talk about this upcoming week, this Sunday, as we shift from whole, you know, only Son of God um, to uh, and Lord to conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. The first time Jesus showed up on the scene wasn't in the manger, wasn't in the crib, right? Oh, um, yeah. You can look all the way back to Genesis, and it says, "In the beginning, God." And then it says the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering over the right. waters in verse 2. And then verse 3 says God spoke, let there be, and we know Jesus is the Word of God. And yeah. so even in Genesis chapter 1, the first three verses of our script, of our Bible, you see Father, Holy Spirit, and Son. And so they are working together at creation in the same way, and I'll talk a little bit about this this Sunday, in the same way we see those three Working together in Jesus, uh, you know, being conceived in Mary's womb by the right. Holy Spirit. Um, those and, three, and even in Genesis, you know, part of my interpretation is the one that says, "Let us." It's not right. saying there are many gods, yeah. just many personalities. I guess you could say. In God, all explaining the Trinity is always dangerous. Uh, it's, persons, yeah. persons. Yeah, una substantia tres persona, <laughs> one substance, three persons. So the little Latin, you know, impresses people. So, yeah. <laughs> so how would you guys answer the question? Who do you say Jesus is? I know it's a loaded question. I'm putting you on the spot. No, I am glad to answer that. I was just going to yield to Bonnie yeah, because okay. we're doing all the talking, and Bonnie's like watching a tennis no, match. No, I, I really am. It's kind of, it's kind of, yes, yes, okay. Um, so Jesus is, um, he's my savior. Um, Jesus is the one who who saved me and has forgiven my sins. Um, Jesus is my example to follow um, with the life that he lived. Um, I, I mean, saying Jesus is Lord is is. I feel like obviously since we're talking about that, yes, Jesus is my Lord. But what does that mean personally to me? It means that I defer to Jesus. Um, in my life. And that means that I have to um, submit myself to him in lots of instances. There are lots of times when I don't want to 
do the Christian thing. I don't want to do the Christ-like thing. It's not fun. Um, sometimes it means that I have to admit my mistakes. It means I have to um, um, humiliate myself in some ways, humble myself. Humble, yeah. Humble, yeah. humble I, and I humiliate. Say, <laughs> I, well, I, I would say we humble ourselves before God. Which may feel humiliating. Yeah, yeah, but, it, it, you know, it can. Well, that, yeah, I wouldn't want people to get. Yeah, you really gotta let Jesus humiliate well, you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you have to become like a worm, oh, like a little worm that um, that you know nobody cares about, and is just you just make yourself like a little worm. That's not the point. The point is is you you allow God to work in your life in such a way that you put Him first. You let Jesus come first Mm -hmm. and that means that you often don't even come second sometimes you come third because it's god first and then the people that who are you made in the image of god Mm -hmm. um and so you're supposed to care about them and so sometimes you do you come you often come third so my my answer certainly jesus is first and foremost my savior Mm -hmm. uh I, i like for people to know that before i was called to be a pastor I was called to be a follower of Christ, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to follow Christ, you know, we're all invi- invited to follow Him. But at some point, when we follow Him, we see that our life just doesn't measure up. And I'm not saying it doesn't just measure up to who Jesus was and how He loved and the miraculous things He did. We realize that my life does not measure up to how God would have me live. And sometimes I have innocently other times and not innocently at all chosen to do things that god didn't want me to do mm-hmm. i needed saving from that because i couldn't save myself but yeah he is also my lord i continue to follow him day by day it's not like i made the decision once it's i'm always asking god for help you know saturday night when i'm getting ready to preach i'm praying the same things and uh because i know that i can't do this without god's help but he's my Lord. When I'm making big decisions in life, it really is a question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You have the plan. You have the perspective. You have the purpose. I don't understand it. You don't call me to understanding. You call me to follow faithfully and trust in you. So, you know, one of the stories I always tell is, you know, when we were asked to come to St. Andrews, we didn't want to. We were very comfortable in our life. We were very comfortable in our relationships, loved the church we were at in Tulsa. None of that mattered. Jesus, what do you want? And made it very clear, y'all are to go to Oklahoma City. You're going to be the pastor at St. Andrews. And okay, yeah, I'm all in. Let's go. Let's do this. And of course, we love being here and we love our relationships. Right. You know, uh, but it was not my decision to make do i go to st andrews it was my decision to discern lord is this what you want me to do yeah. does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely and how I about think, you yeah i mean I, I would echo i would echo what what you all have said the things that we've talked about i mean obviously uh for me the lordship of christ is so important yes he's my savior right if it weren't for jesus salvation would not be possible right um but the the lordship of Christ in my life um, requires me to recognize a that it's not about me. Even though I try to make everything about me in all circles mm-hmm. of life, it's about me, about my comfort. Yeah. It's a reminder that it's not about me. It's a reminder of uh, following Jesus is a constant surrender, mm-hmm. a surrendering yes. of my will. You know, in in I, I think 
you know, an example, you know, you said he's your example and he gives us a perfect example of that in the garden. You know, God, if there's any other way, let it be, but your will, not mine. Right. right? And that should be our heart as well. That yes, I'm going to go to, to God and I'm going to share what anything and everything, but at the end of the day, your will, not mine. And right. so it's that constant reminder when I think of Christ as Lord, the constant reminder for the need to surrender in my life. Yeah. God doesn't take away our will. Right. Yeah. But our will comes in submission to, to his will. And one of the things I love to tell people is we say in the church, you know, we invite you to give your life to Christ. And one of the things I tell people is we have to understand when I give my life to Christ, it's not my life anymore. Yeah. It's his. Yeah. So, yeah, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, here, here's what I want. <laughs> right. So I've <laughs> got something you for you guys to ponder. Something for you to ponder as we kind of shift and begin to look at this Sunday. Right, Conceived I, by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Something for, something for you guys to ponder. One is that uh, we've talked about the structure of the creed. You mentioned mm-hmm. it, I think, this Sunday. This Sunday is Trinitarian. Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. When you look at the Apostles' Creed, there is that progression of things. Um, the, the second thing that I've noticed, at least in the first three lines, the first three segments, these first three weeks that we're looking at the creed, there's another structure. And, and I mentioned it a little bit last week, but it, as I was preparing for the Sunday, it, it jumped out at me again. And it's this, this structure of God being both good and great, mm-hmm. right? God being both loving, relational, near, and God being holy, set apart, and all-powerful. So we see the first line, I believe in God the Father, goodness, Almighty, right? nothing too difficult for God. Almighty, great. This week... I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, right? That is relational word. That is good. That is recognizing that Jesus loves and mm-hmm. is near our Lord, our Lord right? right? Recognizing yeah. the authority and power that he has in our life. And then as you continue that, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. The idea of being conceived by the Holy Spirit recognizes that Jesus is 100% God, 100% powerful, right? Mm-hmm. It's that great that understanding of greatness, um, born of the Virgin Mary, but he's also human. He's also yeah. man. He's also near, um, who come to dwell among us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this back and forth, at least in the first three lines, of really highlighting God's goodness and greatness um, mm-hmm. that I just find really fascinating because as I look throughout Scripture, that's a theme that I that. I relate to, that I connect with, that I can see over and over and over again. I know last week I talked about Genesis 2 and 3, when mm-hmm. you look through there, Lord God and then just God, but right. this idea that God is both, and, and I think that's one of the things that sets Christianity apart, and, and we'll I'll be talking a little bit about that this week when we're looking at Jesus specifically, um, is that God, yes, God is holy, powerful, and set apart. I think most religions acknowledge that. Um, I think what it's different is Christianity, in my opinion, isn't about a religion. It's about a relationship. It's about Jesus coming to us. Um, it's it's yes, God is great, but God is good, and yeah. and I love that. I'm wanting to jump on this, but I think no, you no, are no. too. I, are just, you? I I love I love the concept that Jesus, as God, enters into human time 
like our concept of time. Because um, when you when you consider the Trinity, when you consider who God is, God is timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, God was there from the beginning, will be there at the end. God has no, like our concept of human time um, is, is not... Um, is not the same for God. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. So, um, so we see Jesus um, entering into, like God entering into the human timeline at a specific point. And you know, you talked about how you felt like um, there's the goodness of God and the greatness in those two statements about um, um, God being, the Father Almighty. New, yes, Father relationship Almighty. You know. Powerful. Good to great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then when when you see conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, both of those statements are like they're simultaneously good because wow, right. God, look what God did. Mm-hmm. But also the greatness of it because it's miraculous. It's impossible. It's I, impossible. I was actually wondering if, if on on that line, if it goes from great to good. Yeah. You know, right. conceived by the Holy Spirit. Wow. You know, yeah, that's, that's yeah, great. That's yeah. powerful. Born of the Virgin Mary again, mother relationship. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And and at that point, I don't think it's a matter of saying we always have to go from good to great, but we realize that. And the the thing I wrote about relationship, I, I was having a conversation with a friend just a couple of days ago. He said, well, people like to say it's not a religion, it's a relationship, which I have touted for years. Yeah. He said, but it's also a religion. So we don't want to deny that yeah. in the scope of the earth and culture, Christianity is seen as a religion. Here's what I think is important about the relationship. We don't initiate it. Mm. Yeah. You yes, know, that's good. That God is the initiator mm-hmm. of it. And this, this is what Jesus is for, is the angel showing up in Mary's bedroom, which to me is always a fun thing to imagine exactly how that went. Uh, and saying, hey, 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 Mary. I got some uh, Don't news. be afraid. <laughs> I bring you good news of great joy. You know, from good to right. great. <laughs> Once <Right>. again. <laughs> right. You know, and... <laughs> That is why God chose Mary, is because mm-hmm. she had that level of faithfulness to say, "Okay, let it let, be so. Let it, let it be so." Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. She, I'm sure there like, was a part I need of her. To pray that, about this. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm sure there was a part of her that thought this doesn't sound like that good of news to me, because she understood the implications that it would have. I mean, even Joseph is like. Contemplating, uh, and you know, do I need to quietly leave her? Right, and then the yeah. angel appears to him and goes, "Hey, it's okay. This is yeah. actually what is going on." The, the um, whole miraculousness of the nativity story—it's just—it is so mind blowing yeah. mm-hmm. to me. Uh, the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Yeah, you know, maybe he had some bad lamb. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> had him a lamb burrito or something. I don't well, know. And one of the things that I'm going to try to address this Sunday um, is why it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we can sit here, anyone who's grown up in the church, um, any, even if you haven't grown up in the church and you've just gone at Christmas time, you've heard the story. You've heard the story of the angel coming to to Mary and showing up to Joseph, and you've you've heard these things. Um, but I think sometimes we forget why Jesus being conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, and this idea of he's not fifty percent man and fifty percent God; he's a hundred percent, which doesn't make sense mathematically, right? Two hundred percent doesn't make sense, right? But he is, and why that's so important, and and so that's going to be. Part of what I tried to address this Sunday is not just the what, but the why it's so important to mm-hmm. our faith and to us today in following Jesus. 
part of the mystery of the whole incarnation, part of the mystery of fully human, fully divine, we can't fully explain it. Yeah. There, there's mystery to God that we cannot fully comprehend. If we could, he wouldn't be God. But but here's Amen. something, yeah. and, and I've preached this before. I don't know if you're going to preach this Sunday or not. But when we talk about, uh, we, we look at stories in the life of Jesus, and the one I always think of is Jesus in Gethsemane saying, not my will, but thine be done. And and I heard a lot when I was a, a you know teenager, college student, people saying, oh, look, Jesus is showing his humanity. The reality is there's nothing Jesus does where he doesn't show humanity. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing Jesus does that doesn't show divinity because you can't separate them. Now, for us, yeah, that's my fallen nature. Right. This is my redeemed nature. I can make that distinction. There is no distinction when God is the father and Mary is the mother. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. let me ask one question. Yeah. Uh, and, and Bonnie, we're gonna, I want you to be the expert. On this, because we talked about this a little when we were getting ready, yeah. that uh, there are some people that interpret the the idea of Mary as a virgin. Mm-hmm. That some people say that you know she was sexually pure, you know, and she even said, I, "How can this be? I've never known a man." Mm-hmm. Versus the idea that well, that's not really what it means. Yeah. It just meant she was a young woman. Yeah, which. Young woman, again, for me, is stretching it, probably a teenager. Yeah. But I mean, was a young 14. woman in that cultural moment. Yeah, so yeah. How, how do you address people that may say, well, it doesn't mean she was sexually pure? Um, well, here's the thing. When I think about those things, I, I, it makes me think that somebody is trying really hard to to answer for this question of their faith of like, well, I be Mary being a virgin doesn't make a lot of sense. So let's figure out what, what else could they possibly mean? So it means they're probably trying to figure out an answer mm-hmm. to a question that they have a faith. And I can understand that. That makes yeah, that's fair. that that's fair. That makes sense. When I look at God though, um, and this is just me personally. Uh, when you personally. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when when I look at God and I consider um, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, um, the holiness of God Almighty, um, you've got to consider: could could God is God big enough to do that? Is God big enough that He could have His Son born of someone who was a virgin? Is God big enough? To create that kind of miraculous life, mm-hmm. um, and and my my thought is absolutely uh, because I I want that to be true. I want it to be that that God let this happen and made this happen mm-hmm. uh, because God is good and big and does miraculous and incre- incredibly great things. I think this is so. why the the authors of the creed point out. First of all, this was not human conception. No, it's yeah, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and so I've always believed it. It does mean that Mary was sexually pure because if she had not been, there always would have been the question, is this really yeah, is this really by the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Or was this Joseph or was this somebody well, Joe else? Bob Jones. An, important, <laughs> an important part of that, too, is that was the sign. That's yes, one of was. the signs. So, you know, I, I go to the airport and, and people are getting off the plane and you always see someone outside of the gates holding a sign because they're supposed to be there to pick someone right. up. And, and so they say, hey, look for look for this person. They're going to have this sign or whatever. Yeah. And, and okay, well, that's where I go. Um, and that's one of the signs prophesied. And 
Isaiah. Old Testament, yeah. right? Isaiah yeah. seven fourteen is that he would be born of a virgin, and yeah. so that's part of the significance and importance of it. Was that that was one of the signs that God gave to say, okay, when this sign shows up, that's one of the ways that I'm communicating to you that this this baby is is different than anyone else and we know yeah. that he's going to be the savior the ruler of the world mm-hmm. um, and so i think there's significance there is that it was an actual sign that god gave us to be looking for yeah and again uh just the majesty and the mystery of god to do this this way yeah yeah it's pretty incredible well friends we're about out of time for today uh thank you for tuning in if you're watching live again we want to encourage you Ask the questions. When Jeff was motioning to us a while ago, it was to say, DA, your phone is ringing. Uh, You need to get it off the table because people can hear it. Uh, But Jeff monitors your questions. If we have them, he'll be glad to give them to us. We'll be back again next Tuesday, 1230, live. Those of you that are watching this on tape delay, uh, again, we encourage you, if you hear something in the sermon, I'm sure you picked up Josh's preaching this Sunday, uh, send us an email. Say, hey, here's a question I have based on what was said in the podcast or what was said in the sermon. We always want to scratch your discipleship itch, as it were. Uh, midweek, Wednesday nights at uh, 5.30 is our meal, 6.30 Children, youth, adults, discipleship for all. Josh, I think you said you had a new tagline yeah, for new, midweek. I, I'm going to make this go viral. Midweek, <laughs> dinner and discipleship for all ages. And we, Bonnie and I are going to try to come up with another D word for ages. You know, demographic might not be I said, I said dinner and discipleship for all damn people. All damn people. I like that <laughs> even better. Uh, and, of course, every Sunday morning we have worship at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Friends, we hope to see you there. God is moving in our church church uh if if you come on sunday sometimes you hear some of the things god is doing but thank you for tuning in today we pray that god is moving in your life as well god bless we'll see you next week